Welcome to another episode of Two Brothers Review the Podcast. I'm Reed Turley. And I'm Ty Turley. And this is part one of our podcast about Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part One. It's a two part podcast. Yeah. Well, let's hope that second part ever comes out. I think they had to stop filming from the actor strike. No, they already filmed it. Are you no, kidding? They're still doing pickups. Oh, Tom's going to be mad about that. <laughs> I'm sure Tom's furious. <laughs> uh, I bet Tom does not love it when his actors go on strike. Yeah, weirdly, he's not the uh, president of the Actors uh, Guild. It's uh, the lady from The Nanny, Fran Drescher. Yeah. I really, I think it's wild that, that actors are going on strike because, you know, you read about the movie stars supporting it. They absolutely could go a year without working, no problem. I, but if you're a working actor, holy cow. That could be tough. Well, I hope they figure it out and get some protection against AI actors and more money. I'm on the side of the actors. Me too. But not the writers. Let's let AI write everything. Yeah. <laughs> no. Let's let's see how that goes. I'm on the side of the writers as well. But uh, yeah, it, it's going to have an impact on shows and production. So 2024 might be a weird year for media. Well, and they're not even releasing movies now because the actors can't promote it. Like Dune, Dune actually probably won't come out in the fall now. Do you know that? No, I'm very upset about that. Yeah. But only because the actors can't promote it. I think that's really interesting. It's so important to the financial success of the film. Well, it's like they can't, they haven't been like, there haven't been like late night shows where I guess actors to go on web series now or podcasts. Tom Cruise went nuts on Dead Reckoning. He he went. They did premieres in. I think he went to like ten cities for premieres. You know, he was just trying to get Tokyo. it get it all in before the strike. No, I mean it's just it just creates a lot of media attention. Where and gets wherever he goes and gets people. Yeah, wherever you do it, you know, it's just, it's just selling tickets. That's it. Crazy, because a lot of people are saying like um, Oppenheimer and Barbie came out on the same weekend, create a lot of excitement about seeing movies in theaters again. But almost immediately, I mean, they're on the on this horizon, the next blockbuster is Dune, and it's now in doubt, and just it's like uh, sort of like the Hollywood's Hollywood's not taking advantage of this moment, and we're and it's going to go back to COVID, COVID like times. Yeah, I mean, I think the the Barbie tickets in Utah were like it was hard to find a ticket. I, you know, people were the theaters were full this weekend. Yeah. So I. I I also think Tom Cruise was pretty upset that his movie opened, you know, a week before these two movies. Like it's going to, are people still seeing Mission Impossible this week? Or I bet it's going to, they're going to have a pretty down week. No, it'll be a huge drop off. But maybe bounce back, you know, over the summer if there's not much to do. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if there's no new movies released for a while. These three could stay in for a long time with Barbie. Yeah. Because I think crazy, I mean, I think Barbie made the most money opening weekend of any three of these. Yeah, it did. <laughs> okay, well, listen to our Barbie podcast to understand why Ty feels bad about that. <laughs> <laughs> People are dumb. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, all right, before we get to Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, part one, Ty, what is your favorite Mission Impossible movie? Well, it's definitely Fallout. I think it's number one. The first the original, one? Yeah. The original is good. It just there, it feels a little cheesy in parts now, now that I rewatched it. Interesting. Last year. But you think, De- I think Dead Reckoning, or not Dead Reckoning, I think Fallout is, I mean, I would go one Fallout Dead Reckoning, probably. 
Interesting. Okay. Okay. Well, that's Rank nice. all seven of them. Fallout. Fallout. I can't. I can't remember them that well. I did rewatch them all before. Or like summer and a half ago or something. But um, Fallout for me is just an exceptional movie. I mean, it's let alone Mission Impossible. That's true. It movie. works so well. And I, I think they do a great job with the, the villains and the twists. I And and um, Mission Impossible just does a really good job with... Um, Having characters that you really care about, you get invested in them. So they can bring them back and kill but, them. <laughs> I guess it was pretty sad when uh, Ilsa dies. Is that what you're referring yeah. to? Yeah, but is she dead? There's yeah. like a there's like a 25% chance she's in the next movie, right? There is. There is, yes. But this is what I don't understand, Reed. I think they had the same writer, or I don't know. The For me, I'm surprised that you think this is the third best one. For me, the fall-off in quality, quality from Fallout to here was massive. Really? I guess I thought it did a good job with like staying kind of humorous. Uh, I really liked his, like the Haley Atwell character, the pickpocket thief and like bring her onto the oh, team. I, li- I liked her too. Okay. And then I thought it was a little weird or I don't know, maybe this movie was a little more jokey than other, other mission impossible movies. Like I think they really tried to make it funny like in the in the car chases, the little Fiat car, and not starting. Like I just <laughs> like it was like I don't know. Do you feel like other Mission Impossible's are that jokey? Yes, I do. Or I don't. I mean, they're always maybe that's what I meant by the first one's a little cheesier, right? Like they're always like they're kind of trying to be cute. There's they're a like, wink. There's cute. a wink to it. But it was yeah. I don't know. I, I thought it was kind of fun to have Kittredge back. And I really like the scene with the, in the CI director with the guy from Catastrophe. And they're all just like, I thought that was played for humor also, where they're just like talking about how the AI is started and is taking over. Okay. But that, that for me was a scene that lost me actually, because I was, I, they were all, it was so unrealistic. And then I just started to get kind of in my head and I stopped being in the world of the movie at all. Yeah. And, and just feeling like so much of what they say is expositional and not natural at all. I mean, I hated how it ping-ponged amongst all those people saying one line. How, it, it, was how like, like six, it was like, what is... It felt like a perfume ad instead of an actual real-world real conversation or something. It's, yeah, it's pretty tough for like two people to finish each other's sentences, let alone five people. They're just all great improvists. Yeah, yeah they really know how to give and take. <laughs> Share the spotlight. Well, then the guy coming in, I was like, oh, are these people all, all about to get like killed? But then it was Ethan Hunt, and that green like gas exploding was fun. <laughs> and what? But why don't any of them notice him or say anything about this guy that comes in? Or well, he's one of the he's supposed to be in the room. Okay, then why does he? Does, does didn't he bring a tray in or something? A cart? I don't remember now. Yeah. And then okay, go ahead. Oh, no, you okay? What? No, you you go ahead. And then I guess I thought the big promotion for this movie was his motorcycle jump, right? Like it was all about this crazy stunt he did, but I also think it was like less impressive than him, like hanging off the side of a plane in the one movie or even like the halo jump in fallout, like, or him actually flying a helicopter. Like, isn't that more insane than what he did in this movie? Like it doesn't feel like a real ramp up. Okay. Reed. You would do no, that? No, I wouldn't do any of those things. If you, out of all those things, which one would you, which would be the last one you choose to do? 
the helicopter flying. Me too, actually. <laughs> Second to last. I think hanging off the side of an airplane as it takes off. But you're, but you're strapped on. Great. I don't think... Ty, how did you like hot air ballooning? I did love it. <laughs> how, do you, how would you like being <laughs> on the outside of a plane? How high am I going? A thousand meters? One. Don't love yeah, it. Yeah, don't love it. No, Ty, well, I wouldn't do any of it. But I'm just like, this didn't... It's hard. Yeah. It's hard to one-up these kind of things. Absolutely. I, I Please don't. Like, uh, yeah, I don't... No, they have to. I don't to. want Tom Cruise they to, have to perform a stunt. He, he'd go out doing what he loved. But then um, I think the resolution of that jump is insane, where he crashes through the window of a train in the exact right spot. Uh, okay. <laughs> that's just like, no way. The... That's where this lost you? The unreality of that That's moment? That's the only problem. Everything else checks out. <laughs> oh my gosh. I haven't, I mean, I'm, I'm glad we do this podcast because I haven't noticed this before. I should have. Anyway, it's good to talk about it. But, but yeah, Mission Impossible out of all these kind of spy thriller series is, is definitely the cheesiest. I mean, it has that kind of stuff, these amazing coincidences. And then it has, I mean, the rubber mask that, Makes you looking sound exactly like someone else. That's so silly, but we've accepted it because it's in every movie, right? They keep it going, but I'm just like, I thought like, well, people are different height, people have different eye colors. If I was in this world, I'd be like, all right, well, I need a dental confirmation of who you are. Like, <laughs> I don't, yeah, like give me some blood. Like, I need, like, I would just start DNA testing people because this is crazy. Exactly. So the fact that he's able to plunge into the right wagon car. That doesn't, that's, that's the, not the least unbelievable thing. Yeah. How do you feel about an AI villain? No. Okay. Okay. So I think that's another area where this movie is really weak for me is it's so, it's just, it's like all of our worst fears about AI wrapped into one, but never explained in any coherent way. Why, how it can be everywhere and do everything, how it can see the future because some predictive analytics, but sure. I mean, come on, the the stuff that it's predicting that it's selling um whatever that guy's name is to predict like one of you is going to have to die tonight or one of these women's going to have to die and you have to choose. It, it, the AI knows that. Give me a break. That's it's not a fortune teller. And um, the key, <laughs> the key being, that, I mean, <laughs> so that's the other reason this movie lost me in that scene where the where it was like. The, I call it the perfume ad scene where they're all sitting perfectly poised yes, uh, per, and delivering lines like it's rehearsed. And then the key thing is just so crazy. Why? I mean, what's going to be in the Sevastopol submarine that that key opens that can stop the AI? Like, why is that true? Even if, yeah, exactly. I mean, we're going to get some answer, I guess. But my, I think my point is, I suspect that the real answer doesn't matter, no. which is bad. Yeah. It should matter. I don't know. Well, the, how do I, is his name? Gabriel, the Gabriel character, like he works for the AI, but then also kills the CIA director. Cause he doesn't want anyone to, or the national intelligence guy, Chris Elways, because he doesn't want anyone to be able to stop the AI. But like he, wa- he's not controlling the AI either, but he's happy with his life at the AI controls him yeah he doesn't want to he killed him because then he thought no one would ever be able to kill the ai but he works for the ai i don't like why wouldn't he want some control of it 
well, I don't know. I mean, I don't that part. I I guess I see your point. That part didn't bother me. He probably loves being told the future. <laughs> he has to support his ascot game somehow. Yeah, he's got to he's got to fund those black ops. Whatever. Yeah. But I I thought he was a good like. I didn't I didn't love the villain from Fallout, the guy with the beard who's very like somber. <gasps> What? That, you, that guy was your jam, huh? I loved that guy. <laughs> okay. He was ter- He was terrifying in a very realistic way. Uh, and then G- Gabriel. I mean, I mean, we don't. Uh, it's so interesting what it chooses to reveal and not reveal. We don't know why Gabriel killed that lady. Do you think we'll ever find out? The one in the flashback from when Ethan becomes. Uh, no, I An okay. I'm, you're right. This movie's not the third best Mission Impossible. I hated that flashback. I was yeah. just like, "What? Wait, why? This is so like such weak storytelling to just be like, well, this is what we need to move this forward, or this is not like this is not real. I don't know, like because it's it that backstory had never been hinted at before, not right? At all. Yeah. So it just seemed very tacked on. I guess is what you're kind of saying. Exa- yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, I agree. And that they're all criminals, and that's why they're in this IMF. That's funny. I mean, again, <laughs> and that, and that all those national security officials in that room—they all know how the IMF works, and they all feel exactly the same way that it's annoying. Uh, that was crazy. I yeah, I don't know. That, that room scene didn't bother me. <laughs> I liked it. You liked it. Okay, I know. And then I, I guess I was surprised that they brought Haley Atwell in. Why did they? Because Elsa could have done all why? of those things, right? Yeah. Why did they need a new girl? And I loved Elsa. Everyone loved Elsa. Elsa was so awesome. Her, I, I heard this from, I think Marin told me, but uh, the reason she wears an eye patch for the sniper scene at the beginning of the desert is that she can't wink. The character or the, the actor? The actor. Rebecca Ferguson can't just close one eye. <laughs> And so, she, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, that's not. That's kind of awesome, though. They're like, "Well, just give her an eye patch." It looked awesome. Oh my gosh, who can't close one eye? Oh, well, whatever. That's another podcast. Marin says she can't. <laughs> no, I agree. It's crazy. No, <laughs> what in the world? Weird. Okay. No, I loved. I love her so much. She's a great character. It just it for me. It kind of made me mad because it it made it seem like in this world of Mission Impossible, Ethan Hunt, um, Ethan Hunt's so important, and these women around him are just interchangeable. Oh yeah, like women he loved die in most of the movies, right? Like, well, just his wife. No, and now Ilsa. Oh, his wife lives, but the girl, the lady oh. from the first movie, in the first movie, the the girl dies. Okay, I can't remember. But yeah, yeah it's but like it just seems it just seems very reductive of women. I mean, it's like he's he's just got a lot of women rotating through all the time, and that's what they're there for. I mean, it's like I mean, obviously there's Bond women is a is our yeah, but Mission Impossible doesn't have to be Bond. Like they're not the same, right? It so I wish I feel like the, them bringing in someone new every movie or every other movie. I feel like that makes it more like. Uh, like, is it Tom Cruise not wanting another star to be really another big star to get important in his films? So he keeps killing them off? No, because he I mean, he brings 
Ving Rhames and he he comes back at, you know every movie and so does Simon Pegg. Like why didn't I don't think it, why couldn't Simon Pegg have been the person that died in this movie? Yeah. I don't think Tom Cruise is threatened by them though. That's true. He only let Jeremy Renner play it like come for one movie and then he's like, Nope, this is my franchise, Jeremy Renner. Yeah. Uh and then I I guess I liked the I, um the other like the number two bad guy, uh Palm Clementif, the like she was yeah. playing like she had like some intense energy. Yeah, she was surprising. Yeah. She'd she'd surprise you and stuff. I liked her a lot. But then to be like, well, he spared your life, so you're gonna betray me? Like, is that true or did you make it true? Like are you is that a self-fulfilling prophecy? Ooh. Oh, the AI is doing some inception. And if she's really gonna betray him, why wouldn't he just really kill her? Yeah, I mean that's yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> he always, could have killed Tom Cruise like five times in this movie. That's true. Okay. Yeah. I thought, I mean, I liked Haley Atwell's character a lot. She was pretty funny, and I like that she's really good at being a thief, but, and you kind of think, oh, so she's shady, but then you see her in the, in the world of espionage, and she's like, oh, she, she can't handle way it. out of her depth. Yeah. I like that a lot, too. I mean, so I'm not, uh, yeah, I'm not angry at her, but ugh, just the rotating nature of it all. But I think better, I, well, I guess I don't know better or worse, but like, it'd be weird if that's the character that died, too, right? Like. I guess I thought she. Well, yeah, that would. Be, I thought she was good. She could have died. No, yeah, I think you. I think you would not kill a character like that you just introduced. Yeah, I think so. And then, do you think this movie, like I don't know, is feeling the shadow of John Wick? Like, are they trying to do more <laughs> stylized fights, more hand to hand stuff, or do you think Mission Impossible is just kind of on its own track? I would. I never would have made that connection, mostly because I think. Style, uh, what's it? Tone wise, they're so different. Nothing's really funny about John Wick. Tight. Everything's funny about John Wick. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I would put bulletproof jackets and gunfights where everyone can just use them perfectly in the same camp as Mission Impossible Tech. That's true. Oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Are there other things you liked or disliked about this movie? Oh, it's fun to go all over the world with them. I mean, I love Mission Impossible. I love Mission Impossible. So, did you see Fast X? No. They have a that, well, what? <laughs> That's crazy. Um, <laughs> they use the same it, steps. It, in... it came out. It came out at a time in my life when I wasn't going into movies very much. Okay. What? Also, what? <laughs> uh, I was busy. That's fair. But they have a this a same car chase in Rome down those same steps even like it was wild to me that they had the exact same location yeah. for a car chase. And I wonder, I wonder which person filmed it first. Like I know fast X got it out first, but did mission impossible film it? And then, and then fast tens like, well, let's use it. It's a good spot. No, they're just, yeah, I don't know. For me, it's not that surprising because it's such an iconic spot. And these movies always do that. They're just rotating through these few iconic spots in Europe. Okay. I guess. Did you see that in the credits that the steps were not harmed in the filming of the? I didn't. Someone told me that, and I was like, "What, what is this, PETA for architecture?" Yeah, Reed, monumental. Who thought the steps were harmed? It was a joke. Oh, that is kind of funny, but I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a wink, wink. <laughs> okay, 
Okay, I don't know. Maybe it is. Wow. Okay. Someone. Maybe they have a UNESCO someone... World Heritage Site person on their staff. Would Would PETA for UNESCO be so bad? It'd be weird. <laughs> you. It'd be weird. You monster. Okay. You monster. All right, Ty. What are you gonna rate Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning, Part One out of five? Oh man, I'm gonna tell you on our next podcast, Part Two of our podcast. Okay, let me pull my mask off and I'll reveal ties. Uh, okay, I, I don't know. That's weird that you're not going to say. Uh, no, I'm going to. Let's just start our second. Let's start part two. Let's start part two. Part two of our podcast. Yeah, it just started. Oh, welcome to part two of that episode. You want a part two uh, for the part one movie? That seems like a lot. That's what we promised at the beginning, and I always deliver. Okay. Okay. Anyway, it is part two. I like that you did the beginning of the podcast voice there just for a second. <laughs> I'm going to give it a three. I'm also going to give it a three. You've soured me on this movie. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry to ruin it for you. Let's just go watch Fallout and be happy. I, yeah. I, Again. I mean, we just need to rent out a theater and watch it on the big screen. IMAX. Yeah. Done. Okay, Ty, do you have something else to recommend that you've been watching, reading, or listening to? Oh, man. I, well... You go first. Yeah. Um, I'm very excited this week. A show came back after a seven year break. Huh? Uh, for a, like a limited miniseries, you know, single story, but justified city primeval is, you know, oh, man. Raylan Givens in Detroit uh, facing off against kind of a deranged criminal Boyd Holt played by Boyd Holbrook. Uh, so there's two episodes out and I just, I loved justified. And so it's really fun to have this character back. I've never watched justified. I don't quite get the tone, but maybe I'll give it a shot. You should. Well, I mean, the second season is truly so good. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. And then tie you. Uh, it's like, sorry to surprise you with this question. Oh, uh, no, it's a good question. <laughs> yeah. I keep thinking I get out of here. <laughs> I keep thinking about the TV show Beef. Oh. That one's really stuck with me. It's a very good show. I'd recommend it if you haven't watched it yet. I think that we are. the ending is so good. Yeah. We all we all determine each other's worlds and our experience of them. So be kind. That's a good message. It's so good. <laughs> well, thanks for listening to another episode of Two Brothers Review, the podcast. I'm Reed Turley. You just... You just listened to two episodes in a row. Good good job to you, listener. The end of part two. I'm Ty Turley. Bye. Bye.